0: 99 everybody i'm jason aka captain novice with my man bo winter here bo say hello to the people hello people um episode
1: 99
0: yeah of parked in turn one Health. we are a go let's talk about it bo tell me about Mandalika. i mean what did you see there i mean listen i'm skipping really quickly because i don't want to talk about mm, what happened to me but uh <laughs> Let's talk about Mandalika. I I have a few questions about the track. Let's talk generally. Okay. Does anyone ever use that track except GP (laughs) and World Superbike? Because it is basically a dirt track offline. So
1: here's the, yeah, that's the problem is it's like six yards away from, from the beach. So you know when there's the slightest breeze as we all know happens when you're that close to the ocean uh, because wind and and you know geography and the way that everything weather the way that rolls um, is 24-7 so it's impossible to me though let's build a dome let's just build a big we'll call it the Mandalika dome and (coughs) we'll have that the completely enclosed track we'll get a nice HVAC system to get all the exhaust out um and that way we'll have a clean track
0: i think i floated that idea last year like a covering but yeah i think you're right i I, it's so hot there and the and the sand and the dirt yeah let's move it indoors that would get me to uh to lombok to see a race for sure because that would be unique right but
1: yeah but here's the other thing though is when everyone gets there it's like a rite of passage that when you get there you have to have food poisoning um so like the first 48 hours you have to be on your deathbed basically
0: yeah no i don't want any part of that are no, you, we're never are going you in that. for that too I don't, I don't, no I don't i've know had to, no
1: i've gone through that i was i don't want to do it again i'm too big of a girl to do to, to do that oh again. yeah
0: no i get it absolutely well you know I, I think the thing about Mandalika is it's a unique place i don't think they use it a lot it's it's actually um it's, it's rarely used but it is a pretty cool track like it's got some really cool features but unfortunately, if you get three feet outside the line, you're taking your life in your hands. Yeah,
1: you're going to die. It's it's just... It's
0: it's pretty crazy. But, you know, I, I thought we saw some really good racing. Um, you know, starting in Moto3, you, we saw Diogo Moreira win his first race. Mm-hmm. Um, if started from pole. He did the double there. Um, Fernando, uh, David Alonso finished second. David Munoz finished third. So... Talk about that race a little bit.
1: What would you see? Um, uh, it's Moto3. Uh, you know, wh- what more can you really say about it? It's Moto3. It's, uh, for, uh, I guess, you know, by all intents and purposes, Moto3, it was a fairly cr- clean race. Most of it was. Um, and, you know, right down towards the wire. Uh, great race from Diogo Marrera. Um It was really cool to see him get his first win. I think that he's been trying to get that monkey off his back for a bit. Uh, but to me... You know, the big loser um, damage limitation was Ayuma Sasaki. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that's not where you really need to be at uh, for if you're, you know, fighting for a championship.
0: What? Let's talk about Ayuma for a minute. What happened to that guy? Uh, I mean, he crashed on the outlap.
1: Yeah. Which.
0: Uh, and then he could, then he stalled it completely on the start. Something yeah. crazy. I mean, these, are, I these mean,
1: are things that I do. You know what I mean? Crashing on the outlap and stalling the bike. So, uh, come on
0: yeah I'm not sure we haven't seen that from Sasaki before he was just all out of sorts that's unusual and I agree with you the race was pretty clean but it was good hard racing uh, yeah. no doubt um and you know I think I think honestly uh the big loser there was Daniel Holgado um he was up in that pack the whole time and then got tangled up and you know, he he lost some points there to Masia, but it wasn't a complete disaster for him because Masia didn't do anything tremendous. Um, well,
1: you know, what kind of got me was it really looked like Diogo Moreira had actually gone outside track limits and, and taken a similar it, shortcut to what Holgado did. did.
0: Yes, it did. You but know, it, they, doing that was dumb, Well, they claimed
1: that he had lost enough time as far as Moreira was concerned. They said Moreira lost enough time, but to me... They didn't lose anything, you know. He said, well, he gave the spot back. But, you know, what's the – we've still seen penalties handed out when people haven't lost enough time, especially, yeah. you know, things like uh, – places like the Gert at at Assen. Um, it, you know, I can't think of any others right off the top of my head, but that's the big one that always kind of comes up in my, in my head. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, again, the common denominator um, for me this weekend was the FIM um, – because we'll talk about that later i think in the moto gp race uh across the sprint and and feature length race but uh, but to me was just kind of the fim's intervention yet again um into the race into racing in general and really affecting the uh the the results now i I don't want to give Holgado a complete pass here right Uh, you know let's let's get that out of the the way because that was a an egregious cut across that racing line at which point he did not give that position back he just kept it wide open so well i don't um, know what he was doing yeah i mean cheating
0: i mean that was just flat out to me he was just cheating he was like ah well i'll get a penalty i'll just deal with it yeah i don't know i have no idea what he was doing um but you know all credit to marrera for pulling it out starting from pole there had a great weekend and what more do you want? I mean, that's that's exactly what we thought we were going to see from Herrera all year. And he did it.
1: Yeah. And the but, top, you know, the top four was covered in, you know, less than two tenths. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was awesome all close. Finish, you know. And, 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 again, clean. You know, I, and I, I think I actually made the comment to my wife that I'm still struggling to see how everyone went into that. uh was a turn oh, 16 or turn 15, whatever uh, the next to last corner is, that big decreasing crazy. radius. You know, and then everyone came out the other side. Um, so to me, that was, you know, a testament to all these guys and, and how well they race.
0: I, I agree with you. I, I don't know how they did it. Like when they went in, I was like, Oh boy, here we go. Yep. But they did it. I, and I'll credit to them. You know, it's like, uh, they know more than we do, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it, the race itself was entertaining. I, I really am starting to believe that Colin Byer is a star.
1: Yeah, I mean, he looks good, doesn't he? He's real. Uh, this this season, he's like the second half of the season. He's come alive. Um,
0: I, it just feels like he's figured it out. He's a rookie in the class. Um, I'm very interested to see if this continues on an upward trend because he won't be long for Moto three if he does. Right, and he he seems He'll like he's a Moto pretty two. tall
1: kid too. So, I, I yep. mean he's going to be yep. fitting on that bike uh, on the Moto two bike pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll be there. Um, some news though. Um, Tatsuki Suzuki is no longer with Leopard.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. W- which was, <laughs> I mean, if we look at results, we can't, you know, can't really argue and say that it was a shock. But we normally yeah. see at least until the end of the season when decisions like that are made. But apparently. Um, you you know, I think it was mentioned that Leopard had asked him to possibly step aside for a couple of rounds, but then he basically said, you know what, let's, let's go ahead and end it and then we're done and let's move in different directions. Um, so I, I don't know. I I remember it mentioned that he was not going to be there, but I don't think it was also mentioned that he has a ride next year. He does. He does. Okay. He does. Great.
0: I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, who, who did that, but somebody gave him a chance. So we'll see um other than that uh you know Munoz looked good uh Munoz just coming back around after his injury I I think it took him a little longer than I thought it would uh the new kid Rueda look is starting to make some real progress second half of the season I saw him early on saw him right around the outside at Portimao and I was like oh man this kid might be the real deal and then he kind of got lost in that rookie fog you know like he's not qualifying well then doesn't start well but He's he's climbing his way back towards that. He when he was rewarded with a fifth place this time. So let's see what happened. I was disappointed in Ancheu though. What was going on there? I
1: I I can't really put my finger on that. To be quite honest with you, um, you know maybe just an off weekend. I don't, I don't know if he had a little bit of a stomach bug or if he's just starting to get outridden by some of the guys that are that that are riding around him. Um, you know we hear all the time the the size excuse I would say or the size um discrepancy or the size of disadvantage that he has uh but you know Aki Io even says you know that's bs you know right you know figure it out and which he has this week this this year excuse me um but you know maybe just a bad weekend <clears throat> um and and to be quite fair i mean that the uh you know that that leading pack they were just on a different level i think cuz i don't think he even was able to keep up with them which was surprising to me I agree with
0: you yeah i think so i i just you know i think that's a tough track and i think if you're struggling there it's magnified right like you just yeah The way it, it, on Choo rides he's always on some different line and there were no different lines so that's a that's a
1: good point too and the, you know this track it really seems like one of those tracks that if you screw up in one if one corner it's gonna it's you're gonna be screwed up for the next five or six you know make um, like so many of the, so many of this line this one line sections uh, around this track that really connect and they really lead you into the next area um, yeah. and, and you don't have a lot of reset areas you know there's what maybe uh two three areas that are really hard break zones in this track um, and and if you get any of those sections between those wrong uh you're gonna be struggling until you get to the next hard break zone
0: yeah that's true i i, I just don't know why they don't have a blower like that the amount of dirt <laughs> Offline is just crazy. Like you can run a blower. Like if you CMP can afford a blower, you can afford a blower. Let's let's cut that out. That was garbage. Some of that, but you know, I, I we'll probably see on make a charge back at it at uh, Phillip Island. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, I'm sure he'll be back at it. Um, but let's let's move on to Moto Two. I, I this is really where I wanted to get. I I. We have been talking about Moto2 star Pedro Costa for a long time and how good he is. I had to tell you man, it's not since Marquez in Moto2 have I seen a guy just dominate like he dominates. Like he I I it, it just doesn't look hard. It's like every race the biggest fear for everybody in the field is that he gets out front and gets to run his lines. Yeah. And, and I I am so excited for that guy to make it into MotoGP because I really want to see if it translates.
1: You know who else is probably excited to see him get the MotoGP? Is probably Aaron Kinnett.
0: Oh, Aaron Kinnett is counting the dates like he's like man i'd have won six races this year <laughs> yeah. you know aaron Canet may well win the world championship and next you know
1: year. and that's i think it was my wife or it was either i can't remember who i was having the conversation with but they asked it you know is does aaron Canet go to moto gp and i immediately said no and this weekend particular when i was watching this this entire weekend and saw how fast Canet was one lap and then watching him during the race then i sat back and i really thought well, hold on a second
0: Right, uh, you, you right. Know,
1: maybe uh, you, uh, simply because you know Aaron Aaron Kinnett is operating in the shadow of Pedro Acosta right now. Um, uh, you know how can you the Pedro Acosta has moved the measuring stick in in Moto Two. right? Oh, really? I mean, Pedro has. Acosta has, has moved yeah. that that bar in every class that he's been in so far. So. You know, I have to kind of walk back that statement where I said that no Aaron Canet's not a MotoGP talent because, you know, maybe Aaron Canet right. very much so is a, is a MotoGP talent. Um, and well, it's just yeah. the fact that he's living in Acosta's shadow at the moment. Um, but, you know, with that being said, he is still meant he has the mental fortitude to bring home points and, and to fit. You know what I mean? To to do well in this race and to not let that get to him. And he's still grinding sure. out and still moving sure. forward. So I really have to which which I don't think was a lot of connect strong suits in the past. So I really have to commend Eric Canet for really to, to kind of weather in this storm he, out. He,
0: he looked really good this weekend. Yeah. He and, you did. know, he struggled yeah. at points this time in the year, but he looked really good. Uh, and you know, there was a reemergence of a uh, Fermin Aldegir who was ultra aggressive. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think about that?
1: Hey man, uh, it, you got to get it done. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm sure Jake Dixon wants to ban him, probably, but that it is what it is. You just have to. You got to make the move. Um,
0: yeah, I agree with you. It's he was so aggressive, man. I was like cringing. I was like, oh my gosh, that lots is of confidence, crazy. Yeah. Tons of confidence. But I mean, there. you know, he didn't touch anybody. I don't think he didn't. He did. You know, he was just he was just ready. He was ready to fight, and I, I give all credit to him for being there it's it's really hard it's really hard at that level you have to be sharp elbowed you know like mm-hmm. everybody there's a great rider well,
1: especially in a spec series you know i mean it's it yeah that's where it really highlights the, the talent of the rider which goes back to you know what we're talking about with when it comes to to Kinnett and and Aldiger and and he, i mean even jake dixon i mean jake dixon's what third or fourth in the championship right now yeah um, yeah he sure is you, you know and and give jake dixon a hard time he's only got one moto Two win but this guy, I mean, he's 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 got talent on the bike. Um, you know, being a much yep. more likable character, but yep. just kind of stay away from the limelight a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that field in Moto Two is pretty stacked, right? But let's let's talk about a couple of things. Number one, after this week in Phillip Island, where do you think the championship for Moto Two stands? Is Pedro Costa going to have one hand on that trophy? Is oh yeah absolutely because I I mean I just I don't see it I mean he lost another 15 points to, to uh Arbelino lost another 15 to Pedro and I think he's just I think Pedro's just his pace is relentless his results are relentless it's just really hard now one crash changes everything right yeah but Arbolino has got to do more than sixth right that's 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 all I know uh, another rider that's riding real well this year with a bunch of fifth places is Miguel Gonzalez, or, or Manuel. Sorry, Manuel <laughs> Gonzalez. Sorry, man. Sorry, Manuel. Oh. I apologize. Um, but he's riding really, really well, and it's kind of overshadowed, because you got Acosta right, and maybe Canet right. and some other people yep. winning some races. But no, I mean, man,
1: I have to rewind a little bit. Yeah, everything starts getting muddy after a little while. Is this? This is not. Is this Manuel's first full season in Moto Two? Or is it a no, second, second, second. second okay. season. All right. So I'm slightly less impressed with that, right? I mean, but I mean, but still, yeah, this is a, you know to to make the jump across from uh, World Super Sport, you know, and had some success in World Super Sport, and then to go straight over to Moto Two, um, and and move move forward, uh, adjust you know take a season, adjust to the bike, adjust the tires, and then start moving forward. Uh, this guy, he needs to get better than a fourth a fourth place um uh, he me, fifth place. he will get
0: there he'll yeah. get there i i think i think he's right there on the edge and let's not forget who he's racing he's racing some really talented guys oh absolutely um, I, I mean every, he's beating some really talented guys as well
1: well there's only two guys in the top in the top seven um that finished this race that haven't won a race yet not you know both aaron Canet and manuel gonzalez that's right so. so
0: but you know let's talk about you mentioned tires Let's talk about the tire scandal. Oh, did you Sam see Lowe's, the how he finished a tire.
1: He finished the race with yeah. half of a back tire. It was tire. not
0: just Sam Lowe's. It was Chantra too. Did you see that? No,
1: I did not see uh, some catch answers. I did see Sam Lowe's. My wife showed me the picture of that.
0: That is absolutely, absolutely unacceptable. Uh,
1: she also me. made the comment. She also told me about how Dunlop, I guess, uh, blamed, put blame on the team um, that they didn't because follow Because they put protocol. the tire
0: on in the garage, not on the grid.
1: Yeah. Uh That's
0: the stupidest thing I've ever heard.
1: Well, I don't you know what? I I, I okay. Pirelli is going to be the tire next year and then we can move on from that. Um I, I don't think that I I'm not going to waste um I can't be credit, well, what was it our 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 long-time listener um said that uh, it doesn't what about Moto America, you know, uh constructive criticism. So um I don't want to bash too much on one tire manufacturer versus another tire manufacturer. No, but the you only can't thing be a, I'll say. You can't say be in
0: the premier racing paddock and have your tires do that right, because right. they put them on in the garage versus they put them on
1: on the grid. Well, sorry. you know, and that's the thing, too. So you, well, you know where your tires are going to. You know what I mean? You know where you're yeah. traveling to around the world. You know, yep. you know, and you haven't been. It's not our it, first trip there. Well, it's not only that, but it's not your first season building tires, you know. And you've had this – how long have you had, you know, the power specs of the bike? You know what kind of uh, – I think they raised their, the rev limit this year of the Triumph engine, right? They, they gave them an extra – 200 or, like a, or 250 or 500 it a, RPM. It was a few hundred more revs, yeah. Um. So, you, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a little bit – there's a torque curve change there too. You're going to have a little bit more strain on the tire. Uh, chassis obviously change a little bit too, but that's where your com- your your collaboration comes in with your manufacturers and understanding how your tire really behaves under those kinds of loads, um, and also where you're taking the tire. So, and we hear all the time, you know, uh, Pierre Tiramasso, uh... with Michelin. Um, I mean, these guys seem so relentless um, about the kind of the research that they put in, the time that they're putting in to make sure, excuse me, to make sure that. Um, their tires are going to hold up, uh, for feature length races under 300 horsepower machines. Um, so, uh, my, my, my question then is, then why can't the other tire m- provider for, uh, the FIM Moto G P series in the Moto2 and Moto3, um, classes operate on the same level and provide the same kind of, uh, options i guess or durabilities or or you know what i mean Product. yeah that's a great quality. question how about that quality yeah
0: no i just think it's purely a quality issue and it was really disappointing to see that's what i wanted to say it's unacceptable and it's disappointing to see i'm not here to bash anybody but we all know that's unacceptable right that's right. dangerous that's putting the rider in danger so you need to be held accountable for that you want to hold their riders for accountable for everything well you know what if you make them use that tire then you hold that manufacturer responsible for that yeah but i, I guess I, it's hard to when you're not going to use them next year
1: right well yeah i mean at that point you know you wonder if the fi if uh the the series just kind of shakes their head and said you know what I, that our our problem's not you know it's not going to be our issue too much longer so let's just make it through now
0: we made the right we, choice to move on
1: well it, it maybe you know what i mean the the if we look at it objectively uh, we're also not really sure what uh, Pirelli is going to do next year in some of these with this bike and this chassis and how it's going to behave. Uh, I'm sure it's been tested. I know the test was positive. I know there's some good feedback. Pirelli's not going to rest on their laurels. They're going to continue to develop the tires. And they're going to continue to change and, and improve and move forward. Um, it, I have no doubt in that. Uh, but I am also right. curious to see what our what our lap times are going to look like last, next year. Excuse me.
0: Me too. Because the tire will be different. You know, the construction will be different. Um, But, yeah, I mean, so, I I don't know. Moto2, that's the story to me. The domination of Acosta. And is it 2024 yet?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 2024 is going to be stupid. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. Honestly, I think in both classes, I think it's going to blow the Moto2 class wide open with Acosta not being there and then... Um, right you know also it's going to be fun to see him in MotoGP to see how quickly he does or does not take to the bike
0: yeah absolutely well speaking of MotoGP we had two big pieces of news this week released in Mandalika one is that Pedro's seat has been confirmed he will take Pol Spargro's seat and Pole will move into a testing role mhm um Right move. I think that's what we said was the right move. You agree with
1: that? Yeah, I think that. I think it's what we called. We were talking about that. Um, I, I think that was the most. Uh, that's the most logical move to me. Uh, that's the best business move to me, um, especially given the fact that KTM kind of plans ahead for the future. They try to at least. Um, right. But you I mean, know,
0: you gotta. Yeah. Absolutely, I I don't think you cannot with Augusto's results this year. You can't take him off the bike.
1: Right, but then Augusto, unfortunately, Augusto then promptly decided to torpedo Brad uh, Bender or lose the front and, and white Bender out during practice. So, well, uh, you tell Brad the- Bender
0: to quit saying something slick. Yeah, shut your mouth. That's you, you a, know, the good way you're of f saying. you to f around and find out, Brad. That's thanks. what that's what Augusto said.
1: Thanks for the but, uh, thanks for letting me keep my seat, KTM. Let me take your let me take your premier rider yeah, out.
0: Listen, I don't like that carbon fiber chassis. Get it out of here. <laughs> um, you know, I, I. But the other piece of news was that Mark Marquez is leaving Honda. He yep. is going to yes. Grasini Ducati. Um, well, I guess we just go ahead and start making up the '93. World champion t shirts. That's the way I feel about it. I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I don't either. I I really don't. I joke. Yeah. But I, there, you know, we've talked many times about whether or not he's going to win another world title. If Jorge Martin keeps riding like this, the answer is he won't win it next year. But the other thing is that, you know, if he stayed at Honda, he was definitely not going to win. He wanted to give himself a chance, he wanted to try and enjoy riding again. I get all of that. And if that's what your goal is. And he said if he doesn't enjoy it after this year, he's going to retire. So, you know, all credit to him. He's making decisions based upon what's best for him. But he's going to be dangerous on a Ducati next year.
1: Well, in more ways than one, probably. Uh, oh, you know,
0: somebody's uh, getting bumped off track. You yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's be getting bumped somewhere. off track. That, but that, it,
1: it, mauve, that mauve grassini bike, is that lavender periwinkle, whatever color it is, is definitely going to be left somewhere on someone else's uh, bike.
0: Oh, for sure it is. But you know what? He's also going to be at the pointy end. He will yeah. be up at the pointy end of races. He's going to figure again. <clears throat> I commend him for doing what's best for his well-being after the Saxon ring. You know, he really, you can tell he visibly during the races, he's allowing himself to, he still crashes, but I don't think that's all his fault. I think that bike is just unpredictable. And I I think, though, most of the time he's riding sensibly. Now, he had a terrible weekend in Mandalika. He crashed out of the sprint, crashed out of the premier length race. Yeah. But, you know, he, he made the right decision in my mind. How about you?
1: No, I, I I absolutely think so. I think that it was the um, I think it was the right decision. Um, it, you know the Honda has not been coming to bat for you uh, for for how long now. Honda has not really done their due diligence in challenging what he has brought to the table, probably as far as his development approach goes. Um, and, and I say that, you know, looking backwards into the years past, um, whenever he has been, completely at the sharp end and nobody has been able to touch him um you know i don't know if there's a method or a way that honda could have looked at that data and said okay this is not a sustainable model for the future if this rider is no longer here uh but the 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 the, the crux is that they had that information they had the fact that jorge lorenzo uh jorge lorenzo um was unable to ride that bike uh, they they had the that Bargaro was unable to ride that bike, um, so <laughs> well, so the evidence was record. there. Pardon?
0: If you look at Paul's record,
1: well, he yeah, been it, able to ride
0: a whole lot of bikes.
1: Well, okay, fair enough. So and I I don't I don't challenge that, but you know he was. But I do
0: I agree with you on Lorenzo. Yeah. If Lorenzo yeah. can't make it work, there's
1: a problem. Right, and 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 honestly, so the biggest problem the. the, the Marquez moving to Grissini, um was kind of... Uh, I was expecting it. I was going to be more surprised if he stayed with Repsol. Um, and now the fact that since it was uh, re- revealed and released... Like I wasn't shocked, you know what I mean. Like I saw the no. headline, I saw the post on on Instagram, and I thought, okay, cool. And I went on about my day. You know, I continued to to just mind my own business and real not really care because I felt like, okay, that was the obvious choice. Congratulations for making the obvious choice. Um, it, you know, it's like the first five questions on who wants to be a millionaire. If you if you miss one of those, then you shouldn't be. You know, you should probably not vote. Um, is kind of the you know. It, is the way that I looked at it. But now, with that decision made, I'm looking at the rest of the grid. Um, and, and and to me, the fact that um, Repsol Honda has not reached out to Yoan Zarco is is shocking to me. Uh, and I don't understand it. I really don't understand why. Um, I, I, I think if you're Repsol Honda... You have to tap into at the forefront of your team and your development package and your approach. You have to tap into somebody who has spent so much time on a factory Ducati um, and who is has you know, not been successful as far as a win goes, but has been successful uh, in in points finishes, in helping develop the bike. He understands the bike when it comes to wet weather riding. Um, I, I just think that Zarco has a an all-around knowledge of how to perform on that bike in many different scenarios um and and whatever that missing link is that gets him to the front of the of the grid to win a race you know maybe he's not missing he's obviously not missing that on the bike side right he, he's that's missing no, somewhere yeah. on the zarko end because Har, uh, martin marini Bet, or excuse me martin betsecki and uh, uh Bastonini even last year and ben have proven that that by miller when miller was on ducati I, all those guys have won races on ducatis um so to me you know there's a zarco component that's not getting him the win some, for some reason um and and I, I've, I obviously i don't think zarco's happy in Pr- pray mac anymore obviously he, he's leaving for you know um to go to LCR but the fact that Repsol hasn't really tapped into that wealth of knowledge of development for the bike uh, to bring him over to the factory team is concerning to me for the future and then past that uh, you kind of have to look at Bastianini I feel like Bastianini really needs to be the guy that's concerned about his seat right now um, and we oh, the he's last terrified. Year. I'm sure. You know, because it, yeah, mark Marquez may not be. He, he may. You know, let's let's assume best case scenario. Marquez goes to Grasini and Marquez kills it and loves loves a Ducati. He does well. He, uh, okay, pie in the sky. He wins the championship on a satellite bike on a on a Oof. year old satellite Ducati. Let's go ahead and we'll shoot for the moon with that, right? What happens in 2025? Does Ducati Lenovo call him up and say, hey? do you want to give this bike a shot? Yep. Or do they call M- Martin or Betsecki and say, hey, do you want to give this bike a shot? Uh, but I to mean, me, Bastianini's not the guy. It, it's gonna hard have for to me have, to say that he it,
0: may not be the guy but man that guy sure has had a lot of injuries this year
1: that's fine that's fine but we know how fickle this sport is and we know how how fickle motorcycle racing really is and how how quickly things change because Ducati sure. lenovo is not going to wait around very long for him to get better especially if he has gotten better and then injured himself immediately back in the first race that he's back Right. So to, well, to he, me that's what, now you know and, I, and I'm you know he got a he was 7th in the sprint he finished in front yeah. of Yaya and yep. uh i'm sorry it's where did he, the race. he finished eighth in the in the premier race so these are great results given the fact that he has missed like 80 percent of the season so yeah, far he's
0: missed a lot i think he's only raced like three weekends or something so
1: so that's great that's a great result and that goes a long way to keeping your seat but next year is really going to have to be a fantastic year sure. as, uh, i mean it's got to be a top four championship run i think for Bastianini next year for him to really cement his place to stay there in 2025
0: oh i would agree with that he's gonna have he's gonna have to do something he'll have to finish he'll have to win a couple of races he's gonna have to be on the podium consistently absolutely 100 but you know let's talk about that sprint race a little bit you know we saw martin win it with marini finishing second uh marini starting from pole for the first time in his career and then Bezecchi finishing third so you're telling me that the Mar- the Mooney VR forty six team, one of them with a broken left collarbone, one with a broken right collarbone, went out there and put a second and third up, and one of them was on pole. That's incredible, dude. Yeah, that's incredible. These guys are such warriors. I I, I don't even know how to, I can't,
1: I don't even know what to say. What'd you think? Oh, I loved it, man. I I, I you know I'm a, the like the Mooney team is is a real one of my favorite teams. Uh, to watch just just to how the team cohesion they have, the synergy in the garage, things like that, and and seeing Luca Marini and Betzeki both come out, and you know it's kind of one of those storybook races where they come out, you know, similar to the Lorenzo, you know, crashing, breaking the collarbone, going to overnight surgery, coming back and and racing the next day, but um, would have loved to have seen uh, Marini or Betzeki get these, uh, get one of these, get this this win, but uh, I mean. They're racing against Jorge Martín, who's who was unstoppable, you know, until until Sunday yep. morning. But no, yep. great ride for the Mooney team this entire weekend. They really kind of went out, and you could tell they were whipped at the end of the races. Oh they man, were they, were, done, dead. Man. they was, were dead. It was yeah. terrible. But what a lap for Marini to put down too.
0: Oh, for sure. So let me ask you something. What do you think happened to Opeko in the sprint?
1: <sighs> you know, I, I we've seen so Opeko. He's won a few sprints, but but at the same time we see Peko He he generally for for whatever reason he kind of has that slow approach. He's a late bloomer almost with races sometimes. Uh, but also bad qualifying for him, you know. I mean, he started on the grid yeah, 13th he had a or 15th, qualifying. something like that. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's uh, you know to go from from that to um, to an eighth place finish in, in the sprint race is not terrible. Um, you know, and then we'll talk more about the feature-length race and the result that that really was, but um, it, yeah, it's it, uh, I I don't I I think the the I think this week qualifying really did it for him uh, as far as the sprint was concerned.
0: Yeah. well, he said he needed to be more aggressive after the sprint race, and you know we saw him on Sunday uh, right, be more aggressive. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, but you know, let's talk about Jorge Martin, who just up through that moment through that race, I mean. He's on a different planet. Yeah, his speed is unmatched by anyone in the field for the last four
1: races, four rounds or so. He makes everything look so effortless, too. Man, it, it sure it, does. Every it, him on the brakes, his little his his leg flies out. You know, it look. I mean, with the bike moving around, and he just doesn't care. Um, I mean, just it makes everything look so effortless um, to go that fast.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was watching him, Ryan, thinking, hey, if he doesn't make any self-inflicted mistakes, Pecco's in trouble. Yeah. And yep. And wouldn't you know it.
1: Yeah, a yeah, um, great segue into Sunday morning yeah. because, you know, Jorge Martin, yeah. after the sprint race, took the lead in the championship um, and Sunday yep. morning and, and how quickly things can change.
0: They sure can. Well, he crashes out of that race, you crashes know, so... Out crashes out while leading by what? 3 seconds? He was far um, ahead,
1: yeah. I, I mean And I, you
0: know, and then when the man the man that was second in the championship at that mo- on that morning for the first time all year really since uh uh, uh Jerez or Catalunya, yep. one of those two, yep. since, Jerez, no, Jerez. since Jerez. Yeah. Um he came from 13th and won the race. Maverick Vinales, who had a good weekend finished second. And Fabio Quartararo, who had the best weekend of the year so far for Yamaha, finishes third. But I cannot gloss over the fact this was huge for Pecco. Yeah. A big pressure moment. And 13th of first when you're leading the championship by 1,000 points is, is impressive. When this much pressure is on you, you see your rival crash out and you make them pay to the utmost degree – that's, That's a pretty championship good. ride, yeah, and yeah. You, you know. So you this think? ride,
1: the, 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 let's 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 break down every bit of this this weekend for Pecco Um He qualified, qualified poorly. Knew that he had to be aggressive out of the gate. This is a track that, for very much of the track, has it's kind of a one line track. We talked about that, how difficult it really is to pass because it's, you know, it's suicide. You know, if you're off the racing line, it's hot lava. You know, you're going to die. It, it's terrible. But Peko Benyaya put his bike in so many places that, <laughs> that allowed him to move forward. He carried, he. He was so fast on Sunday and so poised and really managed this race. And, and I mean, and at one point, I think if Vinales had one more lap, Vinales probably would have pa- would have won this race. Um, yeah. But Pecco Benyaya, he times everything perfectly. I don't know how how it happens that, you know, a lot of times Pecco can really go into a, a, a crap storm and come out smelling like a rose. Um, and it, it's astounding to me, but this this race really was kind of a championship staple that he showed that he wants to defend it. Uh, oh, so for it was, sure he's gonna fight. Great. Yeah, it was a great race. He's gonna great fight, race.
0: and next weekend's gonna be really big for Martin. And, and this makes momentum for a great has a funny storyline
1: too, right? I mean, it's oh, yeah, a great season yeah. storyline.
0: Yeah, momentum's a funny thing. He may get right back out there, be the fastest again, and win both races, get on pole, all that, or he could start to make some mistakes cuz he starts to press. Yep. So, you know, there's what, 5 races left?
1: Yep, I think.
0: And yeah. You know, he's got he's got uh, well, he's got 10 races left. So, you know, between the Sprint and the Premier League. So, we're going to see what happens there. And it's going to be very interesting because right now he is on a different level. Like he is riding better than he's ever ridden in his career. He is just flying. I think he's mad that he doesn't have that factory Ducati seat. He's he's trying to prove to the world he deserved it over Bastianini. But sometimes that gets in your way, and we're going to have to see how he handles it going forward. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, Quartararo and Maverick Vinales. Both having a really good weekend. I mean, Quartararo was fast all weekend too. Looked yeah. really, really strong. And, and you know, you got to tip your hat to that guy because he has kept fighting all year long.
1: No, 100%. And, you know, his post-race interview, he was not happy. Um, He was not happy with third place. Uh, So that really kind of shows you how difficult of a season it has been for him, that he knows that more is capable and more is, you know, there's more on the table that he can get than he should be getting out of the bike. Um, But, again, you know, not overriding the bike to the point where he's going to lose it and throw it up the road. Uh, And, and I mean, um, you know, Morbidelli finished in 14th. uh, So... (laughs) And yep. Morbidelli actually went into the pits, didn't he? And he came back out and finished the race. So he had yeah, retired I think Morbidelli had some sort of so technical many, issue. Yeah, yeah, because so many people had uh, had crashed and exited the race, so he decided, Hey, let's go back out and try to get a point or two. Um yep. but I uh, I mean Quarteraro, uh, yeah, not happy at all, but a great weekend overall and um you know, Fabio de Antonio, I I feel like... Yep, we had to talk about that. I, I, know, I just a tremendous <laughs> effort from that guy. Well, you he know, was the, so emotional the, yeah.
0: after the race, too.
1: What's the uh, what's the, the meme that you see? The kids in the pool and then the skeletons on the bottom with everyone celebrating and focused on who's above the, the skeletons. You know, Fabio Gian Antonio, we talk so poorly that he's out now. You know, he's gone. He's not at Grissini next year. But this guy's still trying to be relevant. He's trying to show people, hey, look, I have potential. Come pick me up. Give me a shot. So I, I want to see if there is somebody that, that could possibly entertain that a little bit or maybe go that route. But um, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly, at this point, the Chin Antonio is a better option to me than anybody else in Moto2 beyond Acosta. But uh, that's not saying a whole lot. There's nobody set the bar real high there beyond Acosta. So right. we'll just have to see. But can we talk about Brad Bender bumping people off track?
1: You know, I uh, <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> Um. Uh, so there's again. If we're, I want to talk about a meme real quick. You know the the Scooby Doo meme when they pull the pull the mask yeah. off. The uh, Darren Bender was yeah. riding that bike. I don't oh, care who Darren like. was, Darren riding, was no, riding. that bike. Oh
0: my god, <laughs> that's a violation! Get out of there, well, Darren. Dar-
1: Darren Bender was top ten here last year. So, oh god, you're in MotoGP.
0: Yeah. Well, I I I'm trying to care. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to care, but I just I no, just this can't. was
1: the worst race I think I've ever watched from Brad Bender. It was embar like you you didn't want to look at it because you um Yeah. It's and, like a but, train wreck. You're well, like ah. And then so there's the other topic about the FIM. You know, okay. Elacia Spargo bowling balls Brad Bender. Um
0: I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well yeah, it completely just take Brad Bender out. Uh, well, he didn't wipe him out. He just kind of he, – he crashed, and then Brad Bender did, got back up and finished the sprint race, correct? Um So yeah. they both crashed. Brad Bender got back up and then tried to finish. Um, but then, Elasius Sparker received no penalty for that.
0: The reason is, is the I'm, FIM put it, because he crashed. He crashed and took someone else out. He didn't bump them and not crash. If you crash, you can do whatever
1: you want, no penalty. That makes no that's sense the, that's to me. That's the
0: standard they're setting. So as long as you you crash
1: before your bike hits somebody? Yep, yep. That's so dumb. Which,
0: to me, it doesn't matter. If you took someone else, you took them out. You ruined their race.
1: Yeah, and and even they say, well, he didn't ruin, he didn't take someone else out of the race. Technically, you did. You ruined their race, their potential to get, unless everyone else on the grid crashes, they're not going to be able to win that race.
0: Well, I think what they're worried about is, and, and, you know, they maybe have some point here, maybe not. What they're saying is, you know, if we penalize you because you crash, what are the chances that you're willing to make passes? Well, I don't think they even care about that. I don't think that's in their mind before they try to pass. I don't think you, it'll ever be. But also, you have some repeat offenders. I mean, I almost lost my mind at the beginning of the Moto2 race when I heard Alcoba was involved in turn one again. <laughs> but after they showed the replay, it wasn't Alcoba's fault. I don't know why he got a penalty other than reputation. He was squeezed. He got moved. He did. It was not yeah. on him that time. I didn't think. But anyway, I, I I think the FIM just really needs an adult running
1: it. They just need an adult. They need I objectivity. That's the problem. Um, yeah, I.
0: Yeah, we're gonna need them to do like the NFL does and have a home office watching the race and doing the replays. And they're like, man, that's. I don't care if he crashed. That's irresponsible. Next race, you got a penalty. You know, but if you didn't crash, you get a penalty. I'm fine with that ride, but I don't think you should be absolved just because you crashed. Yeah. Because that doesn't mean that
1: decision-making wasn't poor. So, okay, all right, all right, okay. Perfect, perfect scenario comparison. Luca Marini had a long lap penalty in this race because of the crash in um, India, right? Yep. However, Marco Betsecki made the restart, so technically, Marini did not ruin Betseki's race because that race was red flagged, and Betseki made the restart.: Listen. Why if did, we want, why if did we want to fight the penalty?
0: FIM with logic. If we're going to do that, it's going to be. Uh,
1: the, the I mean the waters are muddy you, you know I, I completely oh, they're get so it. Muddy. everything has to be analyzed and you have to look over it and really say what happened you know to, uh, and go through each scenario uh, one by one and, uh, and I'm sure that's a that's a nightmare to try to write a w- rule book for right you, because <laughs> you, you litigate to the exception which is uh, ridiculous anyway you can't do yep. that you can't standardize based on a, on an exception you standardize no, based you on the rule on the on the norm right that's correct. that's yep. where your litigation your laws come from yeah. but you the, the the lowest denominator always comes up. Uh, the, the big exception always comes up. You always go, well, what happens if this happens? What happens if, you know, somebody, uh, you know, a purple bike runs into a green bike, but then the red bike doesn't get their their race ruined. And people start people, Yeah, start what if peeling. a yellow
0: bike hits a blue bike and then it becomes one green bike?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. So, we get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah.
0: I think these meetings must be a lot like the novice meeting at the track day. <laughs> With everybody telling stories about this one time, this guy passed them close and and another time. What about this in scenario? What class, if I got yeah, sucked into if, the draft in yeah.
1: novice class and I missed yeah. my break marker what, in that's novice.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. What what if I ordered DoorDash and they came on the track? Is that a black flag? You know, I I I think that's the way it feels to me. I like I if I was a professional rider like these guys in Moto G P, Moto Two, Moto Three, and I had to go to a meeting with the FIM every week, I'd be like, Oh my God. Oh, I'd drink before I went. Oh, you guys are killing me. Um but I we there's never I don't think you and I will ever get satisfaction from the FIM. I don't think anyone will. Uh, I, you know, I think probably we're not. constantly going to do it.
1: And maybe that's a, a, you know, maybe we should stop spending time talking about it, but, but when it affects the it's, outcome of racing, yes, that's it affects the problem the races. that I have with yeah. it. You know, that's the issue. because It takes away from how pure it is. And, and I'm sorry, go back to the day, not even, you know, go back what, 10, 12 years ago, oh. um, you know, uh, yeah. 2008. I Laguna watched Seca. the
0: 2017 race at Phillip Island. Yeah. Yeah. If that same race happened this weekend, there would be 34 penalties handed down. I'm telling you, that was such a good race, and there was such close racing, but oh my goodness, somebody touched somebody. Somebody did this. But you know what those dudes did? They just kept riding. You know why? Yep. Because they were riders, and they were racers. And that's what we love about this sport. Nobody wants to see anybody torpedo anyone else. And I would be, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a racer that didn't feel like an idiot if they did it. I'm still going to call them an idiot because they are an idiot. But they know that you're not supposed to do that, and they don't intend to do it. But when you put people on a ferocious machine with crazy power, and you ask them to ride it on the razor's edge, that's what happens. Yeah. They can try to be as responsible as they want, but things happen. Stop trying to make racing flag football. It's not going to happen. Right. If you if you want to do that, then you got to start dumbing these bikes well, down.
1: At that point, it's let's just ba- let's hand out points based on qualifying.
0: Yeah, let's just do time trials, yeah. and we'll do it just like Moto E does. That way, nobody can hit anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, you have you have three days of time trials. Like, all right, this guy's Saturday best time for three days, and you're the winner. You know, you know I that's what I it I'm, me.
1: I'm going to admit Moto Three is pretty impressive to listen to those bikes go by. Um, oh, it really is. It's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, the the amount of air that you can hear those bikes moving and then combined with the electric motors, uh, it's got a place. It definitely has its place. Oh, I think it's Um, much
0: cooler than it used to be. I used to scoff at it, but now I like it. And don't get any ideas. I'm never going to feel that way about the baggers. But, (laughs) you know, so, you know, I think.
1: (laughs) There's hope. There's hope there.
0: You know, (laughs) so let's talk real quick about a guy coming back this week. Alex Rand's finishing in the top ten. What a great ride from him, huh?
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Man, his leg was killing him. That dude's face was just—I—I I felt like he wanted to die, like he's either tired, his leg hurts, or both.
1: And finishing and, ahead of Nakagami too. Well, again. How he's many time, than and, and how many cra- crashes has Joanne Mir had this year?
0: Seven hundred. I don't know. It's a lot.
1: That too dude's many. having a tough year.
0: I feel bad for Joanne Mir. He's yes. my dude. i i i I don't even know what to say about it it's so bad and i'm feel so bad for him and i i
1: mean i I just hate 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 it he's gonna have a better year next year i do too i hope it's hard to have a worse year than this year
0: yeah but speaking of who's gonna take that repsol honda seat man
1: i'm telling you it's i'm shocked i'm shocked that that joan zarko's name has not been brought into the the equation and I, I really, that that's what makes me question and then leaves me completely un, uh, in the dark and and without a good guess whatsoever about who's going to be on that seat. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you've, you've got to think that Honda's throwing out resumes left and right, or not resumes, throw, throwing out offers left and right to people to try to get them to come over. Um, at, Who would you want? Paul Spargo back? I got you. I'm telling you, I want Zarco. Zarco's my guy. That's a, a, immediately who I would uh, would zero in on. If as soon as Marquez made that decision and I found out about it, and I was running repsol, I would have called somebody. and said, "Get Joanne Zarco on the phone right now. Get get if Lucio Cechinello is still running uh, LCR. I think that's his name, right? Yeah. Um, if that's him, that's running LCR. Get them on the phone. Let's figure something out. We've got to get this seat filled. Um, and I've I've got to get I've got to get Zarco there." You know, or and then call it, maybe call it, look give Ayagura a call. Uh, you know, what are you doing next year? Do you want an LCR seat? Do you want to look over here? Or I don't know, man. I, it's such a <laughs> I don't know. What about you? Mystery. What are you thinking? Who 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 would you grab, or who would you try to grab in the in the that you had available?
0: Is Martine? Does Martine have a a contract for next year?
1: jorge martin yeah i thought his was squared away
0: I, I i can't remember if he signed a one year or two year because he didn't get the factory seat
1: i think he's got a seat for next year because that was the I only can't open have seat at pray yeah
0: if i can't have martin then i definitely want Zarco. but if that's not a possibility i don't know morbidelli's at pray so you can't have him yeah i don't want Raul Fernandez to even look at my garage. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great question. Maybe Iagura is the guy. I don't know. I, 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 You need someone with big sponsorship dollars because that's the only thing you
1: got going for you. You call up Alvaro Batista and see what he's doing next year.
0: Bautista leaving Ducati would be... <laughs> Upwards of th- the same level of dumb as Two trying years to ago, walk it, across a, night, a Nile Crocodile's back. That would you be, know what I mean?
1: Well, him leaving Ducati now would be like Marquez leaving Honda three years ago.
0: Yeah, like after 18 or yeah. 19, Marquez is like, yeah, now nah, I'm cool. I'm gone. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know what Marquez is going to do. I think Marquez has an eye at KTM. I don't think he wants the Ducati.
1: Oh, you think Marquez wants to find his way to... Yeah, well, we talked about that, you know, when he was schmoozing yeah, him during yeah. the Red Bull ring. And to be honest with you, that might not be a bad call because Miller's only got a one-year, you know... Uh, 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 next year, I think Miller's seat is still secure. But after next year, yeah. I mean, uh, that th- to me, that's a Pedro Acosta... Uh, he's keeping that warm for Pedro Acosta in all likelihood. depending on Oh, for on what sure Acosta's he is. Yeah, yeah, like 100%. Next year. But, you know, yeah. if Marquez can continue kissing up to... Um, KTM top management, and does you know? And if Acosta has a rough year next year, it's going to be interesting to see what that team looks like too.
0: Man, I I don't. <laughs> Next year is going to be the ultimate. Silly it's going to be a lot of
1: fun, man. It's going to be a ton oh, of fun. Oh, I can't wait! We I are can't wait be to tell and you, quarterback, so much. And oh
0: my God, I can't wait for us to be yelling at each other. That no, you're wrong. No, oh. you're wrong. But, but
1: then somebody see. else is going to be calling us up and telling us that we're both wrong. Well, that happens
0: to me every day. Like I have never had a correct opinion on this podcast.
1: <laughs> never. <laughs> like I think I've never. had two. Yeah. In, in our 99 episodes yeah but
0: i you know that's pretty good i mean this is our 99th episode but you know i man i think there's something we got to talk about and that's in moto america with bobby ray hall racing bringing in two v2s to the super
1: sport class my wife mentioned a little bit to to that to me i have not look you know in, i'm excited about
0: that i gotta be honest i i, I I don't know if they're a permanent fixture or a one-year deal or what, but with all the talk of Titler's leaving and all that, yeah, it's I'm good really to excited see an, for an that
1: influx of a of a team. And you know, the Ray Hall team's got like a huge, you know, rich racing pedigree. Oh, absolutely! Now, motorcycle just, racing's a different animal. But yeah, now they the just put their that, name is uh,
0: synonymous with motorsport. Yeah,
1: that dealership just went up earlier this year, right? I well, think it's what my, I think it's what my wife said it just got erected this year in like February or something like that was when they finished it in Indianapolis
0: well all I know is it's exciting to have two v2 two more v2s on the grid I think uh it bodes well for super sport I'm excited about that but I, I you know I'm hopeful that motor American figured out you know we we've had lots of conversations about the baggers and the the yeah. superbike and and all that stuff and You know, I was talking at the racetrack this past weekend, and my biggest thing about the baggers is that it signals the end of the American on the world stage. Because if that's what people are wanting to watch in America, and that's what we start doing, there's no practical application of that to MotoGP or World Superbike. There's just not. Yeah. And that just means that the number of Americans that will have the proper experience— to go over and do it will be less, and that doesn't mean we won't have some because there's always
1: a person that's well, the, uber talented. But yeah, the pathway is not there. Is it, like you're saying, you know, and and that's that's really it. Is the pathway? It's the yeah, you know, and and uh, honestly, why do we not look at something like a uh, a Moto Two United States Championship?
0: Because you know, I mean? there's the European. Bikes are there's
1: a European Moto Two Championship. Um, you know, there's, I think there's a, a British Moto two championship. Now I'm not sure what you bike they use in that, that series. Um, I think it's still, uh, the European Moto two championship, man. I'm not sure what it's called, but um, the CEV, yeah, the CIV, CIV, uh, Moto two championship. But I, I mean, it, 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 it's a deeper culture thing. Honestly, I think it, it yeah, goes back sure. to the conversation of, we just don't value racing in the United States like the rest of the world does. Um, And and then we have to say the the topic then starts to become um, environmental issues, the concerns about burning fuel, tires, things like that, Uh, which we know that there's sustainable fuels by what, 2026 or 2027 is what the goal is, to have 100% sustainable fuels. Uh, You know, in in the auto world – uh, my wife read a, an article this morning about uh, an ex Mercedes boss that says that the DTM testing should be uh, the uh, Deutsche Tourenwagen uh, Masters championship should be uh, the testing should be banned uh, because of the environmental issues that it causes from like tire degrades and air degrading and then fuel carbon uh, carbon uh, gases in the air greenhouse gases so the emissions uh, huh yeah carbon emissions sorry the um, it, it, to me I'm <laughs> But then we have other companies like Porsche that are really, really invested in synthetic e-fuels that have already developed, you know, widespread plannings to roll them out to their racing programs and then eventually into road cars, um, you know, within the next few years. So, right. uh, you know, there's so much R&D that's going on. There's so many different things. Uh, these, the the hybrid, uh, the DTP, um, or excuse me, GTP. Uh, prototypes that run in IMSA uh, now model yep. like the hybrid systems that are ran in um, uh, in World Touring Championship or World Endurance Championship. So uh, you know, not to get too far off topic, you know, with car with auto racing, but you know, this kind of technology is going to find its way into. Um,
0: well, they're they're trying to do it in MotoGP as well. The sustainability, yes, the, yeah, 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 you know, the the renewable fuels. So and we've seen what man. was
1: the the hybrid the hybrid Kawasaki that was released, um, yeah. W- which to me, that, the idea of that bike, I love it. The application of that bike is atrocious, because um, I, I think I sent that to you. It's basically the Z650 version with a twin engine and then a hybrid uh, an electric motor on it with, which to me, if you're gonna try to roll that out. Like let's, let's start with the cream of the crop, you know, why don't we go let's yeah. start with your, your super bike bread and then try it see what happens. Um, but I, I yeah, digress. For sure.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I, I think, you know, motorsport is at a precarious point in human history right now. Um, but I'm hoping that we can figure out a way to make it sustainable, uh, with renewable resources so that we can get the, uh, the tree huggers to go talk about something else. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I love motorsport. I'm always going to love it. And if, you know, if super bike racing and super sport racing go away in the U.S., that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard for me to swallow. It's going to be tough. I hope they don't. I hope we figure out a way, you know, to make it a little less financially exclusive. But it is that. And, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is. The answer is always money. I don't know how to fix that though. Right. Um yeah, I, I'm excited for what's happening up here in uh Phillip Island this weekend though. How Heck about yeah.
1: you? Oh, absolutely. Um
0: I love that track. Let's go ride it.
1: <laughs> we have to travel
0: into the future to get there. That's true. I mean, we're going to it is time travel. Yeah. I don't know how far it is, but I'm ready. You ready? Let's do it.
1: So speaking of ready, um yeah, I mean, we're already we. I, t- I was giving you a little bit of grief uh, this morning. Uh, our, our plans are uh, next year we're going to Austria for the Red Bull Ring, so hopefully Parked and Turn One will be on site again, um, abroad, and we'll be able to bring you guys little, you know live content. Um, I would love
0: it. I I really would. I um, you know. Yeah, we'll have to see if I can work it out. Yep, I, I would. I would be a dream come true for me, um, you know. But uh, you know, this past weekend we had some. I had, I had a chance to get back on track, and yeah. uh, it Let's rained most of Saturday. That. Yeah, it rained mostly Saturday, so I only got three sessions in all Saturday because we had a an unfortunate bad accident on Saturday for someone had to get uh, life flighted out, um, and uh, that. You know that i missed my last session but um but on sunday the day was really nice uh went out first session everything felt great um went out second session and we had another red flag and i caught the red flag and if you don't know cmp i was coming into turn four i saw the red flag and um i put my hand out was following a friend of mine Went all the way around the track, got to turn 11 with, you know, still, I came through the kink, so I still had my hand up waving it through there. Went to hit the brakes and my lever went straight to the bar. Um, It's probably one of the scariest two, three seconds of my life. Uh, Immediately, I I was in second gear, so I wasn't going normal speed. I was probably doing... I don't know, somewhere around 70, 80 yeah, miles an hour, somewhere, yeah. you know, in it, yep. you know, somewhere like that. Um, jam the rear, not helping a ton. Yeah. So that's uh, all you can do. <laughs> yep. Jam the rear. I, I, I didn't start, if I would started trying to break it like outside the four, I probably would have been okay. Probably could have figured something out, but I didn't hit the brakes until like the two, cause I wasn't going very fast, you know? Yep. Um, and by that time, you know, the track was running out and, uh, I had a little off. Um the bike didn't really take much damage at all, but I I took a little bit of damage. I got a couple of broken ribs. Um and I'd be honest, don't try to make me laugh because it hurts like a bitch. Uh but I, you know, <laughs> I I you know, I I said this to someone else. Like it, the biggest thing about that failure, and I think we've now I think I've traced it now to the master cylinder because my brakes keep intermittently we were getting it off the trailer yesterday, and intermittently it would go – it would be there, and then it would go all the way down. So it's definitely the master cylinder. But I'm embarrassed because I take great pride in the fact that I know how to do maintenance on my motorcycle and that I do it. And, Bo, you've seen my motorcycle. My motorcycle is well taken care of always. Yeah,
1: no, it's – it's yeah, it, and, and anyone who hasn't, I mean, I'll, I'll – uh, you know, I can argue with Jason all day long, but there's one thing I do have to admit is the fact that he does keep a bike that looks – um, it, it's a tip top shape. I mean, these things are, it's its museum quality when it comes off the trailer, gets on the track. And then whenever he gets it back home, it's museum quality again. Yeah.
0: I, I, I do not, I do not want my stuff to fail and I take it seriously. And I think I'm hoping that I, once I break this master cylinder down, I hope that I find something I can find it. But here's the thing that I get some hope because when that happened and I wasn't expecting it, the biggest thing for me was, Am I going to be scared every time I get on this bike now? You know what right. I mean? Like, am I yeah. going to be thinking about that? And that's not what I want to be doing. But I, I think the bike was trying to tell me that because my TC was acting up. And it and it was doing it all day, and it progressively got worse and worse. So I think what was happening is my my master cylinder wasn't working properly, which was causing my pads to drag. Mm-hmm. And with the cooler air, my bike is a rocket ship, right? Right. And every time I get on the gas, the front wheel would lift. Well, if the pads are dragging, then it's slowing that wheel significantly. And then the TC thinks, because there's a difference in the front wheel speed and the rear wheel speed sensors, yeah. the TC is like, oh, we got to, you know what I mean? And it, it got to the point where it wouldn't even let me go straight. And then it went down. So I'm what I'm hoping is that it was a combination of a failing master cylinder uh, that maybe got my calipers overheated or got the fluid too high. I, I don't know. But I I know that it's going to be real hard for me, that first time I go out there and squeeze on that brake lever, even though it works perfectly in the garage, right? Like it's yeah yeah, and it's going to be tough. But I I was more embarrassed than anything because it was a it felt like a maintenance issue, and it was something that I neglected. But it was something I didn't know about, which is I if you don't if you know me at all, ignorance about anything is really not okay with me. I don't yeah. love that about being right. ignorant about stuff, and so. I quickly went on some forums. This has evidently been an issue among the ZX-10 uh, master cylinders in the early models of that, like 16 to 18. Okay. Um, and then with a lot of the same type symptoms in the forums that I was reading. Now, that's information I don't think I would take as gospel, but at the same time, right, right, you know, it's similar. It, it was just so weird. I, could, I thought it was my tire. I thought my tire was bad, but it was a brand new tire. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And so this would make a lot more sense, right? Like that my master cylinder wasn't working properly and allowing pressure on the pads, pushing them forward, whatever. Um, I hope that's it. But, uh, you know, when I came, when I stopped moving and sat up, my immediate thought was how lucky I was. Because if I'd have been coming into turn 11, you know, turn 11 is a fast turn and I'm pretty fast. That would have been... Well, I, I don't know we're having this conversation really. Like I really don't, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if I would have made the right decisions. I don't know if I would have done what I needed to do protect myself and have it be as best results possible. I know one thing though. I know that bike would not be in the shape it's in. Right. You know, that bike would have been destroyed. And then, you know, so yeah. Count my lucky stars. Uh, something was looking out for me. That red flag was really, really a big deal. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm sorry for the guy that fell. He also broke ribs on that. I went and checked on him. Uh, and, you know, but I, I, I'm I, grateful that uh, the situation happened in the way that it did. I, I don't ever want that situation. But if it if it has to happen, then when
1: you're barely going. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the best environment to, yeah. to, but, to, be in, to have it yeah. go down. But,
0: I mean, the highlight of the weekend was that I did get our friend Dan on the brakes. Uh, and it was on a flying lap.
1: Not the, not and the red flag lap when you lost. Both. No, no, same not turn, the red flag just lap. a different lap, okay.
0: Yeah, just, it was on the same turn, just a different day even. Would have, would have made different more day. sense
1: if it was on the red flag lap, you know. Well, that's what
0: Dan said. He said, you obviously roasted your pads <laughs> passing me. Uh Yeah, you um, put a
1: nice glaze on them whenever you passed them.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, the thing was, so Dan had just put a fresh tire, rear tire in. He put a new Dunlop rear tire in. And, uh. He was feeling it out on the first lap and we came through 11 and I thought, Hmm, I think I could have got him right there. And then I was like, yeah, it's the out lap. I'm not going to mess with him. But as we got into eight, I realized he wasn't that far ahead of me. And I was like, Oh buddy, <laughs> I'm about to get this dude into 11. And I, I'm sure some like without even knowing it, like there was a big smile on my face and my helmet. Um, and anyway, so we came in and I, and I passed him and, You know he he's faster than me there's there's no doubt about it but he came back and passed me one later and he was like see that's that's normal i feel better now i was like well to me (laughs) we're tied that's the only way i know to me i don't know what you're talking about we're tied like i don't feel like you're winning and you know just giving him a hard time but it was a it was it would have been a much better weekend had i not had the off but i i i was enjoying being back out on track man it's always good to get out there i love the community um they actually asked me to be a control writer for N2 cool um and i i, I don't have the time to commit to that yet but i was yeah. definitely i was definitely humbled by that 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 it's been a long journey for me and you know it you've been around yep. for a lot of it and for somebody to think that much of where i've gotten to as a, as a writer and my skill level man i
1: that really meant a lot to me well you know a and lot then i promptly crashed Wait, yeah, and then <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and take this offer back. We're gonna yeah, them, <laughs> that's probably smart. I, we're gonna I, think about it for a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. You you guys probably need to rethink this.
1: No, I think uh, I I think you would you'd make a great coach. You know, you kind of have a, a way of breaking things down for for someone who's trying to learn. You you can you know how to diffuse someone. Um, you know that might be getting frustrated on track. You can kind of help them out and work through some problems. I think you're you're a good personality for that. Um, on the flip side you're also someone who can keep somebody in check that might start to be getting you know a little bit of an ego trip or if you just want to get under someone's skin you're pretty good at that too so
0: why why would you bring that up Well, what, uh, is this is personal now now, <laughs> now 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 it comes out the
1: barbs uh, oh i have to God. get my digging you know that it was always yeah, my, my goal to well, you a, know, grab an orange jersey but uh right life well has you not know the thing was,
0: the truth is is that you know, he said to me, in Q, you know Q. Yeah, yeah. Um, Q said, your journey is one that a lot of these guys could relate to. You don't come from a racing background. You spent a lot of time. You've been through a lot of the frustrations. He said, so you're coming from a place of experience, and you'll be able to understand some of these novice riders and younger riders or beginner riders better than, you know, some of my racer guys. Yeah, because they've yeah. been doing it so long, and they are so good, and you know things come so naturally, and things are automatic and ingrained in them, and yeah, you know it, it, it is. It, the, there's there's probably some truth to some of that.
1: Well, I mean that's a great example too, because you know Jamie, uh, another one of the, the control riders we too, then great guy, and great coach, uh, but you know like he rode with me one time at Road Atlanta, and uh, you know <laughs> he, I asked him, you know after the session, I was like, okay, so and and honestly, the only like feedback he told me he said just brake later. Brake later. Well it, it, there's a process to that. You know what I mean? Like right, it, there right. there it's not just a okay go from the the 5 to the 4, you know or go from the 4 to the 2. It's it, there's yeah. there's much more behind that that you have to actually That's true. get to. That's true. Um and, and it's you know brake application, getting to understand what the front tire, getting to understand what the suspension is going to do. Um, so there's a and, and you know that I'm much more about the science behind everything, you know, and understanding yep. the why and similar like the that. process. Yep. And, yep. and and so, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, not saying that Jamie's not a good coach, but Jamie no, he has is. to have the right student too You know what I mean? Well, and maybe, Jamie is a racing background. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like everything Jamie absolutely. does
0: come from a racing perspective. Yep. And it's not that it's wrong. He's right. like He'll tell you the right things to do. Get yep. over early. Yep. Get over before you break. All those things. But he said the same thing. He said a similar thing to me. He was like, "Jason, you just need to break later and harder than you've ever broke before." And I was like, "I'm, um, I'm good.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> Those two things I, have a direct correlation with death, they, in, they yeah. increase the likelihood right. of of right. catastrophic injury. Right.
0: I, I, you know, and he was right, but also I think. Um, what i would be looking for and what a lot of these guys are looking for is not the racing stuff. You know, we want yeah. we want to get faster, but we want to get faster so that it feels like we're running that 155, but we're running a 145. Yes. You know what i mean? Like yes. it feels the same. It doesn't, you know. And so that's i again, i was truly uh, i was surprised, but it meant a lot to me and and in the grand scheme of life, it means nothing to like my family's well-being or anything like that but i work really hard at being i and the impetus for that was nick honestly but i work really hard at trying to be better on a motorcycle and that just meant that maybe i had started to get there and i've got i've gotten a lot better and that just meant a lot to me um, but like I said, it, yeah. it, to a lot of people, it's not a big deal, but it meant a lot to me. And, you know, I ran some really fast laps this weekend before the the problem and it's just a shame because I, I was, I, I've, I felt like, you know, uh, Stefano Mesa was out there or Stefano, I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, Stefano, um, he came by me in turn 12 because I had I had checked up for another rider. Uh, they had put their hand out, but then had you know gone straight through the apex and, yeah, yeah. and slowed down. So it was okay. It was no big deal. But Stefano came past us on a ZX-10. And when he went by me, the thing that I'll never forget is the rubber flying off the rear of his bike. <laughs> like, I could literally see balls of rubber just shooting off. And I have never seen that ever in my life. And I thought, well, I'm gonna try and hang. I
1: have arrived. Yeah, I was
0: like, well, I'm gonna try and hang with Stefano until I can't. Well, that was about two more turns. But the point was, he the when I saw him going into turn one, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna work out. Turns out, it worked out perfectly. Just the way he rides is just on another level, and it was really cool to have him come past me. Another cool story, Um, but I. I, I, regardless of what happened, you know, it's always great to be on track. I can't wait to get back out there with you. Um, uh, I, I, I'm not going to be a coach next year. I just can't commit to it. And I told yeah. them that. I was like, I'm not going to do it halfway. If I'm going to be a coach, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to be there. I'm going to commit. And right. that's going to be what I do. And I, that's just, you know, you know me well enough to know that if I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I do it unless I don't like them. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna do it, but I I I was truly honored, and, and it was a good weekend. And I like I said, I ran some really good laps. Like I was really surprised at the pace I was able to carry. Uh, I think Dan was surprised at the pace I was able to carry. <laughs> but uh, in the end, he wins because he didn't have to fix he didn't have to fix his bike, but I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I think overall. I I, I had a great weekend. It was fun. I I got to really hang out uh, with he and Spinnak more than I normally do when they're at a track day because they're usually coaching, right? Right, right. And they can't can't just sit around and hang out. Um, But that was really good. got to know uh, Matt Spinnak especially a lot better and enjoyed that. So uh, it was a great weekend, man, and
1: uh, I look forward to the next one. Hopefully it'll be soon. Hopefully it's with you. How close is that Daytona? So I contacted our vinyl boy um, today, so we're working on paint. From Epic Superbike Designs, shout out. uh, We are working with that, our boy Justin. So he's got the tentative color that I'm looking for. Uh, We're starting to discuss um, kind of a graphic scheme, what to go with. Um, is
0: anywhere they're gonna say jason is my hero on there anywhere
1: uh yeah on the back on the very back underneath the the, the butt of the bike the underneath tail. the tire yeah. as, okay yeah. as close to yep. my seat as far as i can get it so that means that you know i'm just sitting on it the whole time and oh wow uh, oh yeah.
0: okay oh, uh, uh, that I, that's not exactly where i wanted it but okay
1: <laughs> no 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 yet yeah, it, uh, it'll be good um i've still got to. Uh, get a few things wrapped up with it uh, gotta get tires mounted of course but you know going sure. into wintertime I'm not really gonna worry about that too much uh, yeah well, um, don't
0: worry about that because I'm gonna have a Rabaconda I'll do them for you
1: <laughs> sounds good but yeah
0: um, but yeah man well I overall I think we had a pretty good show what'd you think
1: yeah I think so I'm still trying to figure out what we're gonna do for episode 100 and we don't have much time to really figure that out um yeah, well, I'm going to well, go ahead and tell you days. your
0: ideas that you sent over earlier. I'm shooting them down. I'm not, you're not putting up shirtless pics. We're not doing that. <laughs> a, that is not for public consumption. Do not put up any shirtless
1: pics of yourself. I'm not hearing it. So the PT1 uh, PT shaved into my chest is not, it's not. No, that's uh no. Well, you said into your
0: back. That's oh. the part that I had the biggest problem with. I mean, I don't. We do, we, we need to, for the cryptid hour, I'm into it because, you know, with Sasquatch and all that, but, you know, but, uh, yeah, we do need to have something special. We should do a giveaway or something for our, for our one. No, cause Dan will win.
1: We don't have any, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think of what I have, like a, like i don't have anything let's to do give a away. giveaway
0: and no one wins and we just keep what we bought because it was what we wanted anyway
1: yeah well, you got a set of pink grips hanging there in the garage don't you we'll give those pink grips away to somebody Yeah, you know? i do have some pink
0: grips <laughs> i got some pink ones oh man oh it's about to go down um but yeah i, I had a great show man it's it's uh, it's been quite a journey this 99 episodes i can't wait to do an even century mark 100 and we'll do it after uh Really, where I wish they would hold like five rounds every MotoGP is the Phillip Island. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's always yeah. a tremendous race, and it's it's so much fun to watch. It's so, always an
1: unpredictable weekend too. You know, if yep. it's going to rain, yep. if it's not going to rain, what the wind's going to be like—it's nuts. So it, it's it's, it's gonna, always yeah. is it, it going to be cold? Is it going to be warm? Are you going to hit a seagull things like yeah.
0: that? Yeah. Uh, oh, are they going to? Is almost hit some sort of animal on the track? Or is it going to be a wallaby running across the track? Like. <laughs> Like, listen, you're taking your life into your hands. You go out on Phillip Island on a motorcycle. Oh yeah, you know it. it's, it's one of those giant but,
1: spiders that lives there somewhere. In, in yeah, Northern.
0: absolutely. They could jump out and attack you. I'm pretty sure that a there's a, a Nile croc in there somewhere in one of those ponds around there. I, you know, but I I tell you right now, I will risk all of that to ride that track. <laughs> that is one of the tracks that I think I would never ever get enough of. I think I could just do lap after lap on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway. I guess we'll wrap it up there, Bo. Unless you've got something super
1: important to talk about. No, man. That uh, that sounds good. Let's uh, let's get it done. We'll uh, get this uh, get everyone listening to it, and then we'll jump in yep. and watch Phillip Island and hit it again next week. Absolutely. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening this evening. If you are
0: riding this weekend, and I know a number of people are, please keep that shiny side up, that rubber side down. Do the maintenance on your bike. Check those master cylinders. And uh, my name's Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, with my man Bo saying good night. We'll see you next week.
1: Have a good one, guys.